How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys Alex and Ryan. Today we're taking a look at the projected starting infield for the 2023 season. Now, of course, we know there's a position, a couple position battles realistically unfolding as we speak. You know, shortstop stills, Oswald, Peraza, IKF, Glaber Torres at second base, Anthony Volpe is making a strong push uh, for consideration. Then you have Josh Donaldson um, at third base and DJ LeMahieu. Now we have a really exciting game coming up in just about an hour and a half here as we're recording this with DJ LeMahieu, Anthony Rizzo, and Young. Carlos Stanton getting their first at-bats in live action of spring training. So we definitely are trending in the right direction. We also learned that Austin Wells, Yankees' top uh, catcher prospect, will be out six to eight weeks with a fracture of his 12th rib. So that's definitely unfortunate for him. The backup catcher position and prospects there are just get, kind of getting injured right now. Ben Warford obviously had the aneurysm in his shoulder and you know definitely wasn't um, you know altogether that healthy. So Right now, rolling into the season with Kyle Higashioka and, of course, Jose Trevino. But we are excited to take a look at the infield and see, you know, who's kind of leading the pack there right now, our expectations after a couple days of spring training and uh, seeing who's kind of deserving of that starting job, or rather, you know, what manager Aaron Boone has said and who's going to be playing where. I feel like we have a couple of unfortunate things we have to talk about regarding the infield and who's going to be starting. Um, but let's dive into it. Ryan, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, how kind of the infield is still – it's still taking its shape. It's still taking its form. We don't really uh, know exactly who the shortstop is, though I'm pretty sure we have a good idea as to who the favorite is. Um, but, you know, the way the way it's shaping out right now, you know, Donaldson was already kind of told he's a third base. And uh, that Aaron Boone quote from earlier in spring training where, you know, LeMay, he's more of the rover. Glaber's at second. Donaldson's at third. Um, I, I view it as the same situation as last year where, you know, Glaber was that rover, I guess. Or I guess LeMay was a rover. But they kind of alternated spots. Um, they got them all in the lineup at times, you know. The Yankees are going to figure out a way to get these guys playing time, but you know the Yankees can't—they they can't mess up the shortstop position. You know it's a competition between three guys, but it's not a competition between three guys. I'm sorry. Um, you know there are two guys who are significantly more talented than the third guy, um, and this is no—this is not to sit here and diss IKF because end of the day it's not his fault that he's like not. Anthony Volpe or Oswald Peraza, like so, you know, it's it's not like I'm gonna sit here and 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 and, rant, and uh, kind of rant about how he's not that good or anything like that. He's a league average player, right? Uh, but Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe provide so much more upside. Anthony Volpe, as 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 everyone knows at this point, you know, has this very high ceiling. has has been considered, you know, the Yankees' best prospect for two years straight now. Oswald Peraza is a really good player. You know, his defense is really good. You're just hoping you get a league average bat out of him, which is more than capable. He's more than capable. Of. You know, he has power. He has some pretty good um, swing decisions. He has some de- he has decent contact rates. He's a, he's a good all around hitter. Nothing great uh, in terms of, you know, his offensive skill set, but the defensive skill sets elite, the base running skill sets elite. This is a guy who can go out there. And, you know, the comparison I use is Jeremy Pena because Jeremy Pena had, you know, a league average WRC plus roughly. I think it was 100, 102, somewhere in that range. Really good defense. He won the gold glove and he was a great base runner. Now, is this to say that Oswald Peraza is going to go into the postseason and, you know, win the ALCS MVP and World Series MVP the same way that Jeremy Pena did? No, because I would put bet on like Aaron Judge to do that, right? That's that's the best player on this team. Uh, but the way I view it is Oswald Pros can give you, you know, that not stopgap value, but more so just like he's someone that you put in your bottom third of the lineup. He gives you solid production offensively. You're more than happy with what you're getting from that part of the lineup. Um, he's giving you some good base running. And he's most importantly playing really good defense, right? That's a large part of your value as a shortstop. You know, people are going to be a little underwhelmed that Oswald Pros was such a highly touted prospect, but, you know, maybe he's a 105 wrc plus hitter.
hitter, one one ten, kind of over the next three or four years. Well, if the guy's giving me three plus WAR, you know, he's giving me three, four, five WAR seasons, I don't really care, right? Because I know what Oswald Peraza is supposed to be. And, and then with Anthony Volpe, right? We've seen it in spring training. We see how he carries himself. Willie Randolph uh, talked about this in an article with Chris Kirshner this morning. Just that you know, Don Mattingly's got it. Derek Jeter's got it. He wasn't comparing them as like players, as like talents in terms of you know what you can expect production wise, but just the personality. He mentioned that Volpe has it right um we i'm not saying that that has any bearing on your talent level but i think it does tell you something that um a lot of people who have interacted with volpe talk about that with volpe right you know people can say oh that's just organization talk you know no one's telling willie randolph he has to say it no one's spurring uh you know reporters and players on the team to have that opinion of anthony volpe they formed that opinion on their own right you know um it, again the rever- the raving about his character it speaks a lot to how good of a, how good of an athlete he is of course but how good of a competitor he is um him and peraza really i view them as the middle infield of the future um or maybe volpe is a third baseman of the future I-, I think he's more of a second baseman but who knows but there's there's no shot that it's a competition between them and ikf it's a competition between these two at this point ikf can't be considered the starter he's just He's just not as good as these guys. It's, it's, that, it's that simple. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, Anthony Volpe has gotten all of the glowing reviews from managers and everybody in the organization. And all the players are uh, quickly kind of realizing how much of a competitor this kid is, even when it's off the field and not playing baseball. It's anything. Ping pong, mini golf. He goes 100% balls to the wall for every freaking thing he does. And that's what he brings to this team, man. You know, he's going to push everybody else. Uh, not because he's let's say let's say he wasn't even a leader. He's leading by example. He's gonna outwork every single one of these guys. And you're talking about some of the best players in the game. And he's gonna go there and he's gonna show up earlier. He's gonna leave later. He's gonna do all the things that you want in a in a star player. And that's what makes him so exciting is that he's not gonna fail because of a lack of effort. He's gonna fail because it you know. I'm not even saying he's going to fail. I'm saying the only reason he would fail is maybe because of injury or something is out of his control. But the things that are in his control, he's going to win. He's going to kick ass. He's going to succeed at doing because he's got that type of work ethic and he's got the talent to pair with it. So, you know, we love Anthony Volpe, but let's take a look at actually projecting the opening day roster infield uh, rather kind of looking at what's happened the last couple of days over spring training. I think first place, obviously, Anthony Rizzo is the starter there. We don't even have to go into that because, you know, there's nobody else starting at, at first base. Second base could be a little bit more interesting than what meets the eye. Of course, Glaber Torres projects to be the starting guy there, but if Josh Donaldson plays third base, where does DJ LeMahieu play? Does Glaber Torres, do you think, open at second base if DJ LeMahieu isn't playing on the hot corner? Or do you think they just save DJ, make sure he's healthy, he doesn't start every day, kind of just roves around, filling in here, filling in there, you know, supplementing cold streaks, you know, giving guys time off to mitigate fatigue. Um, if you're looking at second base, I think Glaber Torres ends up starting the season, but I wouldn't be surprised if kind of a similar thing to last year, DJ LeMahieu ended up starting at second base and Glaber Torres ended up kind of just filling in there and DJ moved around the infield pretty uh, frequently. What do you think about that? Yeah, so one thing that'll be interesting with this uh, camp is, you know, who who do the Yankees move out of that infield? Because, again, the Yankees have, you know, a plethora of infielders that don't have minor league options, and you're not going to send, I mean, you're not sending Glaber Torres down to the minors. Let's let's grow up a little bit here. Uh, so, you know, the, the reality of it is, you know, as you mentioned with Glaber, you know, what do you really do with him and LeMahieu, right? You, if, if Josh Donaldson is the starting third baseman, where does LeMahieu play, right? And if the Yankees need a leadoff hitter, who's the leadoff hitter without LeMahieu, right? Like, these are serious questions that I think the Yankees are going to have to figure out and get creative with. It's why I've been a strong advocate of LeMayhew has to play. LeMayhew has to start. It's crazy to me that he isn't a starting third baseman. You need a leadoff hitter, but 
it, you know what? It's whatever, right? They'll figure it out, I guess. Uh, but Glaber's another, he's a huge part of this team. I don't think people realize, you know, he, he was, he, he's one of the most important hitters on this team. I was ta- talking about this with Nick yesterday on the live stream. You know, you go judge Stanton Rizzo for home run power. Glaber's fourth. Right. The Yankees, they, they don't have a lot. Not that they don't have a lot of power, but, you know, they don't have the room to say, yeah, we don't need to play Glaber Torres. Right. They're, they're not like that stacked offensively. They, they need Glaber Torres in that lineup as much as possible. Right. This is not a player that you can start, you know, just thinking about, ah, you know, are we really going to play him and, and give him questions, questions about his playing time. You do. You can do that with Josh Donaldson. You can do it with IKF. You can do that with Hicks. You can do it with other guys in the team. You can't be doing that with, with Glaber Torres. Right. You know, we see constant reports about is he going to get traded? Is he a starting second baseman? Who is Volpe going to steal his job? You're not in a position to be deciding whether you're going to play Glaber Torres or not. You need to play Glaber Torres. He's a key part of this offense. So when I'm projecting this infield, you know, as you mentioned, Rizzo's a lock. There's no debate about that. Barring injury, he'll be the starting first baseman. Um, and he'll be the starting first baseman for the next two years minimum. You know, Glaber Torres is the second baseman. He has to be a second baseman. He has to be in this lineup as much as possible. If he struggles, we'll talk. We can we can revisit this conversation. But I view him as someone who can give you a 120 WRC plus and hit you 25 home runs, right? And you just can't get that from the second base position just anywhere. And you can't I don't even think you can say you can get that from Volpe in year one, right? And that's a big part of this, right? Can you really sit here and say Volpe is going to be a 120 WRC plus hitter in year one, you know, including potentially a slow start? Absolutely not. So, I mean, not absolutely not. It's possible, but it's not the same likelihood as Torres is. Um, and then shortstop, I view it as Peraza. Volpe can fight for that job, but, you know, I want to go with the safer option. I've prior, I prioritize development for players. I don't want to rush them. Um, if Volpe shows more than what, you know, I, I perceive he can be, which he has so far in this camp, right, then... I'd gladly throw him at shortstop, but, you know, I, I want to see what I have first. And then third base, I would go LeMayhew, but since we're projecting, we're kind of going based on what the Yankees have said, what they've indicated, I think it's going to be Josh Donaldson. Do I believe Donaldson can bounce back? Absolutely. Am I banking on it? Absolutely not. So um, it's it's one of those things where I, I think Donaldson, I, and I think you can agree with me here, if, if we look at this entire infield, the one guy that stands out as they have a bad April and they're not on this team anymore, it's Josh Donaldson. Glaber Torres is a bad April. I think the Yankees will try to, you know, figure things out. Maybe they'll call up Volpe still, but I think they'll try to figure it out with Glaber. They'll, they'll chalk it up to a slump. Same thing with LeMayhew. Same thing with you and Peraza. Same thing with Volpe. Same thing with Rizzo. When it comes to Donaldson, though, because of the age factor and the fact he's coming off of a down year and he's only getting older, I think the Yankees could realistically chop off a bat, chop up uh, or lump a bad month in April as he's just getting worse. He's just aging it, and this is not going in the right direction. So Donaldson has a lot to prove early on, right? And it's I, I don't I don't I'm not going to sit here and, and cheer for the guy to lose his job because I, I want the Yankees to have as many good things as possible. Um, you know the Yankees should have as many good players as possible. You should be rooting for that outcome, even if you want Volpe to play. Um, the best case scenario is Donaldson goes out and he has a bounce back here. Um, do I believe in him to do it? Not necessarily all the way, but is there that chance there? Yes, it's still in the tank. He's still in great shape. He's still able to play really good defense, which you typically don't see from a guy who's aging and and getting old. Um, So... We'll have to wait and see. I think he's the biggest X factor here. If he's, we get a good Josh Donaldson next year, this year, the New York Yankees are going to go a long way. If the Yankees get a bad Josh Donaldson, then they're going to have to reconfigure the infield. Getting a good Josh Donaldson certainly feels like a stretch. I really hope that we can get a good Josh Donaldson. And, and what is it going to take for him to be good? You know, if you look at his career averages, if he hit his career averages, I'd be over the freaking moon. You know, the realistic kind of perspective though is that he's not going to be able to hit those career averages because they're based on his success in the past he's elevated those numbers pretty damn high his averages are hitting 265 with a 361 OBP 492 slugging I mean 100 I mean it's just it's tough man it's it's tough to see this player reaching those averages his steamer projections have him hitting well below that 262 226 rather with a 318 OBP 
um, and 395 slugging, 14 homers and 49 RBIs. They don't even have him playing over 100 games. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, look, do you think that he can run back his defensive performance from last year? Because if his offense kind of hovers around what it was last year, maybe even if it's slightly better, but he's not that gold glove caliber third baseman we saw last season, his value plummets even further. You know, the only reason we're talking about Donaldson or even Boone's talking about Donaldson in that lineup is because he was so good defensively last year. If it wasn't for that, I don't think that you can justify even including him in the sequence, you know? So do you think he can run those numbers back? Because if he can't do that, then we're seeing his numbers really plummet off a cliff. I mean, I think he can live up to the projections uh, in terms of like being like a 100 to 110 WRC plus bat. I don't think that's too much of a stretch it was a 97 wrc plus there last year so 100 would be just like an extra hit here or there right not even here or there just like an extra hit right so um i don't think it's too far of a stretch to say it could be league average um i think we get to stretch toward territory we're talking about hey can you go back to his 2021 numbers i think that might be a little bit of a stretch and not even a little bit the max exit velocity hasn't been there the power seems to have gone down you know um at end of the day i mean it's, it's tough with the, with josh donaldson because I don't want to sit here and 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 talk about you know bounce back resurgence and, and make it seem like that's like the likely outcome because but I also don't want to sit here and say that Josh Donaldson has a zero percent chance of being a productive baseball player. I view him as a league average player, right? Who can be even worse with age or be even better if last year was just a little bit of a fluke or a blip in the radar. Um, so I think Josh Donaldson's got the large, the biggest, the largest distribution of results for all the players that are currently projected to start for the Yankees, even wider than Aaron Hicks, right? Aaron Hicks, I think, is kind of going to hover around either slightly below or slightly above league average josh donaldson could legit like if he's a good defender this year and he's a 120 wrc plus hitter right like that's a really good third base that's not just a pretty good third that's a really good third baseman right that 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 is you know now we're talking he's gonna give you top 10 third base production and now we're having a different conversation right and now you're forcing the conversation of okay can you do you want to squeeze him in the lineup as a dh you know do you want to move glaber to the dh spot or uh, you know volpe play second glaber short uh DH or Volpe DH. I mean, I don't even know, right? Then we'd have to have difficult conversations that are good conversations to have, productive ones. Um, but the likely outcome is Donaldson's kind of league average, and then Volpe gradually progresses and gets to the high, to Major League Baseball and kind of takes over for Donaldson, who is more of like a defensive sub, I guess, at some point during the season. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm, I'm very curious as to how Josh Donaldson plays, plays this year because that's going to determine a lot of different things for the Yankees. And if he also walks a lot, like I be t- I'm talking about LeMahieu, like he has to be the leadoff guy. If Donaldson goes back to 2021 walk rate, I mean, he'll probably be a leadoff candidate, right? It's not like him or LeMay who are fast. They're both slow. So, you know, you don't really care about the speed. It's weird. It, he's gonna he's a weird player to talk about. He's a weird player to project. He's a weird player to just have an opinion on because I feel like I'm like, I, we're, we're designated to dislike the guy because of last year, but we know that there's, st- there's still that chance, right? And I don't want to be led astray, but I also don't want to just sit here and rip on the guy when there's clearly that upside. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to, to wrap up this episode, essentially, I feel like, the infield is going to look like this. First base, Anthony Rizzo, Gleyber Torres at second, Oswald Praz at short, and Josh Donaldson at third. I think DJ LeMahieu ends up kind of playing this rover role, even if he's not starting. We're going to see him very frequently, um, especially if they want to give some days off to, D- to uh, Giancarlo Stanton. He could always DH and get a day off on the field. You know, there are ways um, to get him involved without overusing him. And this season is going to be about mitigating fatigue to some of these more prominent names. Stanton, obviously, LeMahieu, Bader has had some injury issues in the most recent past. They're going to have to figure out ways to keep them healthy, especially during the second half of the season. If they don't, if they kind of play it conservative with their usage in the first half, that way the second half they're healthy and ready to go into the postseason, I'm totally okay with that. You know what I mean? They have to manage this carefully because they cannot afford to not have a healthy Stanton, to 
not have a healthy LeMahieu or Bader or whoever it might be in this lineup. A healthy Rizzo has the chronic back problems he's going to be managing, and he, he already admitted, it's going to cause me issues. It's going to hurt. I'm just going to have to manage it to the best of my ability. So expect to see plenty of DJ at first base. Expect to see plenty of DJ maybe at third base. And at second base, he's going to be moving around, but there's no reason for him to be in the starting opening day lineup if you know you have starters there and he can really just help mitigate fatigue and, and really play this kind of uh, complementary role, which is why I think uh, would serve him best just so they can keep him healthy for the uh, entire 2023 season. But guys, I'd love to hear your final perspectives, your projected infield. Things could change. Volpe can make a strong push. Uh, to make the active roster, uh, the 26-man roster, and, and you know, we'll see if he can do that. But I do still think he ends up in AAA to start his uh, you know 2023 campaign. <clears throat> ends up getting elevated down the stretch if they trade one of these guys. But always happy to hear perspectives below. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.